50. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's Psalm 150. I hope uh, you have your Bibles turned there. If you don't, you can be turning to Psalm 150. Again, I'd like to welcome the folks that uh, are joining us online, whether live or maybe you'll see this later. We're going to, do, we're going to record it twice today and then try to meld the best things together. No, we're not going to do that. I don't know what we're going to do. I have nothing to do with any of that. I just appreciate those who, who actually do that. And, uh, and, and we're using these masks. We're trying to beautify half of our congregation. That would be the male half. Um, so, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, Vance Adner said God makes a handsome man every once in a while just to break the monotony. But, um, but uh, man, we are so happy you're here. Um, those of you that, that are with us online uh, may not be able to see uh, that uh, we have labeled the ends of pews and we've We've roped off every other pew, so uh, it's actually, uh, looks like um, masking tape, so it'd be easy to break that rope, but, but uh, we, we're, we're following that along, and they're A, B, C, D. I feel sorry for people in C, because they don't know it, but these are the people we think have the COVID virus, because it's C, so we put them there, and so, no, I'm kidding, y'all, I promise. Um, I'm not sick, I don't plan to be sick, uh, but you never know, uh, tomorrow I might be, but today I'm good, and so I am so glad that you're here, glad people are watching online, uh, high-risk folks and all that. I know you have to be extra careful, so I'm glad that we have this ability to share with you uh, uh, on the computer. I'm, um, I'm Pastor Stewart. I couldn't remember there for a second. Uh, and I'm glad to see y'all. We're so glad you're here. I, I've, I've been waiting for us to get back together, and, and I'm not going to wait till we're all back together, uh, because I, I started just kind of doing some psalms through and throughout, and, uh, and, and this will probably be the last one. I, I say probably because tomorrow I may change my mind, but, but I wanted to look at Psalm 150 for this reason. There's not a prayer in it. Nowhere in there is there a prayer. It's the only psalm that doesn't have some sort of, oh God, remember us, oh God, do this for us at all. It is the, it's the purest psalm of praise, and we always think of psalms as psalms of praise, but this one is, that's what it's about. There's a there's a, uh, there's a prayer that Daniel prayed in the book of Daniel, I'll let you look it up, where he doesn't ask God for anything. It's just pure thanking God and praising God for who he is. And so I'm calling this today Worship Wide Open. Now, obviously we get to open our doors today, so it's kind of a hint. But, but this is literally wide open worship. It is to be uh, a, a extraordinarily loud, it's to be extraordinarily exuberant. That's what they intended. I, I know in some religious traditions, people never get very uh, excited. Uh, Baptists, uh, Southern Baptists used to be known as shouting Baptists, but we've gotten quieter through the years, and I think that's sad. Um, there's a time to be quiet, and I agree with that. Uh, there's definitely a time to be quiet before the Lord. I mean, He is God. It, if that doesn't shock you into, into shutting your mouth, even somebody like me, that, then you're not seeing the right thing. But He also calls out for us to praise Him with loud and exuberant worship and praise and that's what this is about i'm so excited we got to be together about what god has done for us i just want to thank him today and be worshipful amen so i just thought well let's look at that psalm and 
see what God says, you know, and, and uh, I've seen preachers, somebody said amen, they'd lose their place, I'm not like that, so if you're in here and I hear, burr, burr, I know that was an amen, okay, uh, I promise, I'll, I'll understand that, but Psalm 159 begins and ends with the word hallelujah, I'm going to come back and say something about that, Psalm 1 starts with a triple blessing, blessed is the man who does this, blessed is the man who does this, blessed is the man, who, well it's actually negative, who does not do this, does not do this, does this. But he does this, and he's blessed all his life. This psalm begins and ends with the praise to the one who makes Psalm 1 possible, who, who has called us out to himself, who has called us to be his people. And so Psalm 150 is the bookend to Psalm 1, and you got everything else in between. You ought to, you ought to be able to see that. And I, and I mentioned this word. It was, we just sang it in the last song, Hallelujah, praise to the Lord. That is actually two words put together. The word praise in, in Hebrew is hallel, and I may be saying it wrong, but today they don't know how they pronounced it in the Old Testament, so we're guessing, uh, best guess anyway. So it's H-A-L-A-L, hallel, and it means, and, and I looked it up because I, I, I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about. It's a primitive root that means to be clear. <laughs> in other words, to understand what you're saying, to know what's going on, to, to see who... God is, but that definition goes on. It means to shine. Believe that? To shine or to make a show, to boast, to be clamorous, foolish, to rave, to celebrate, to commend, to glory. Woo! <laughs> Amen. It's a huge word. And then the end of it, we say hallelujah. That end word is the name of God. Yah, Yahweh, Jehovah. Here, O Israel, Yah is our God. Amen? Amen? Clear, loud, exuberant praise to God. And it's translated out of those two words into the phrase, praise the Lord. But that means more than just, well, you know, we, we, we sort of got used to saying it. You know, anything you repeat, you seem to get used to. And so we said, oh, well, praise the Lord so much. We don't realize that we are saying... Whoa, only God could do that. Hallelujah. In the, in the English Bible, I looked up the word hallelujah one time. Everybody's running around going, hallelujah, hallelujah. I got a pay raise, hallelujah. Well, I think you ought to say hallelujah. I think you ought to say praise the Lord. But I looked it up, and, and in the Bible I was using then, I could only find that word translated hallelujah four times. It was all in Revelation, in heaven, sung by angels to God. So when he says it, and it is here, it's hallelujah. When he says it, it means, dude, you better pay attention to this. We are giving glory and honor and loud exuberant praise to the only one who can do anything. And that's God. I mean, this whole virus thing, while we're talking about it, it frustrates me uh, to no end because I get frustrated and I see people making some foolish decisions. You know, I, I was thinking about it this morning. They always tell us every flu season. Now, if you have flu symptoms, try to stay away from other people. If you know someone with flu symptoms, try to stay away from them. Drink plenty of fluids, you know, get bed rest, isolate. Drink plenty of fluids and, right? Well, now they're making us do it. I guess we were, you know, disobedient children wouldn't do it. So they're saying, you got to stay away from people. You got to wear a mask, you know, be careful. And so that's been a good thing. You know, it, it didn't get as bad as they predicted it'd get. Uh, it, you know, there's always people extremely predicting one way and extremely predicting the other, usually true somewhere in the middle. And so here we are, and we're doing really good, and so we're, we're being able to relax a little bit. We're here, but I just thought about this when it broke out. Everybody thinks, well, you know, we're so strong, we're so mighty, and governments are big, and 
this is big and that's a big shot. God sent something we can't even see to shut down the whole world. I mean, just boom, like that. It was shut down. And, and you say, well, I thought somebody else sent that out. I won't say that because it you know, might get political and y'all be mad at me. But, but no, God let it out because nothing happens without God's permission. You've got to remember that. If you're going to praise God right, you've got to understand that. I, 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 man, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited y'all are here. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even, I didn't mean anything about my sermon here. I, I want to I give you this statement before I go on. And that is, until our worship is de- not dependent on circumstances, it's not true worship. Until our worship is not dependent on our circumstances. See, happiness depends on our circumstances. Joy and worship does not. Because God is God no matter what's going on in my life. And that example is all through the Bible. Oh, uh, man, I'm, I'm reading a book. I'm going to tell you the name of it. I want you to look it up, get it, read it. It's for you in your marriage. It's called Cherish. But there was just one chapter in there just knocked me out. And, 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 and he went, and he gave several examples in the Bible. People really messed it up. And then what God said about them. And what he said was, did you see what good they did? God forgot the bad stuff he did and said, look how good they did. This is great. And he praised them for what they did well. That's the God we serve. We serve a mighty God that I blow it, and he loves me anyway. Listen, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, trust me, the Bible says he's the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. Before God made the world, the universe that we know, he already knew he was going to go to the cross. He already saw that because he's God. There's nothing's going to happen. God don't already know it. Amen. That's worth praising him for, right? Right there. And in fact, that's part of this. We, we ought to praise him for that. And then he made us anyway, and then he went to the cross and he died. And when he died, he knew I was going to be born on July 21st, 1959 in Charleston, South Carolina, St. Francis Hospital at 518 in the morning, weighing 8 pounds, 15 ounces to Mary Catherine Stewart McCarter and Randolph Melrose McCarter. And I'm Randolph Stewart McCarter. God knew that. And he knew when I would understand that he loved me and I needed him at the age of eight. And he knew what was going to happen in my life. And all the things I've done horribly he knew all that and he loved me and chose me to serve him in some way anyhow i ought to just stop and go praise the lord praise the lord that enough if he never did anything else for me that alone that he would forgive me of my sin is enough that for eternity i can't praise him enough for that and so i want you to see several things about worship here first of all and and i've only got a little bit of time and i and i I don't want to i don't want to Waste it just being excited, but I want to be excited. Praise happens anywhere. Now, I would recommend, I always recommend it if you pray while you're driving, don't close your eyes. So, and, and trust me, being me, I, I love to play air instruments because I can't play a real one. So, you know, I can hear it in the song and I'm playing the guitar, the drums or something. In my, and people make fun of me and that's fine, go ahead. But if you do that in traffic, that's also a bad idea, okay? But I've had people pull up beside me, and I'm just saying, you know, look over, go, hey, you know. You can praise God anywhere. In fact, as a believer, you ought to praise God everywhere. Because God the Holy Spirit is in you. We don't have to go to a temple and do the Holy of Holies to come into the presence of God. The presence of God is with you everywhere. And God, it says, praise the Lord. Praise Him in His sanctuary. And by the way, in the Hebrew version of psalm 150 it does not go four words without saying hallelujah it does not get four words deep before it's hallelujah again hallelujah he's saying over and over and over and the first thing he says is praise him in his sanctuary Woo. 
well, what is the sanctuary? Where is the Holy of Holies? See, when David wrote this, he's thinking about the temple, or, or eight, then the tabernacle. There was no temple at that point for David. His son built that. But he's thinking about the Holy of Holies where they would go once a year to give that sacrifice. And the people would come and they would be around that tent. And that was considered their sanctuary. When they built the temple, that was their sanctuary. We are the sanctuary of God. You carry God everywhere. and You ought to praise him in this sanctuary. But understand this. Because we're American, we, we, we think of that that way so much. That the sanctuary is more than just me individual. It is the church. That is where God dwells. In the church. And I don't mean these four walls. You knock these four walls down. It's not going to affect God. This isn't a special holy place because God sits here. God is here when we're here, and he's not, well, he's here when we leave, but he goes with us when we leave, right? Because God's everywhere, I get it, but do you understand what I'm saying? God's here when we're here, and he leaves with us when we go. So everywhere we go, so where we are, we ought to be worshiping and praising God because we, the church, are his sanctuary on earth. He dwells in the midst of us. So where your feet take you, he is there, and it's a holy place. I mean, literally, if we were going to take our shoes off in the presence of God, we should never wear shoes. To which my son-in-law says amen, because he never wears shoes. <laughs> he doesn't like them, one of them. Uh, anyway, he has to now. He's got a job. He has to wear them. But anyhow, the, the church is God's sanctuary. I'm not, please, if you've been wearing shoes, don't kick them off now, because we don't want to smell that, all right? But, again, especially the men. But the church is God's sanctuary here on earth. And of all people, we ought to be saying, praise the Lord. I've been in churches, they'd rather fight over the color of a carpet. Or what time they meet. Or what building can be used what way. Well, don't bring any food in there. You're going to mess up the carpet. Well, I get it. People clean it. I, my apologies, I know, you got a tough job. But y'all, that's not what it's about. It's a lot worse when I defile this temple than it is I defile this building. Right? So in the sanctuary, we ought to be praise God in his sanctuary. And we ought to come ready to praise. And then it says, praise him in his mighty heavens, the expanse of the universe. Praise him there. I always thought it was ironic, kind of funny. And I just heard, I happened to hear this this week. I looked it up to make sure it wasn't just some preacher saying it. But I, but I knew, I remember it. Yeah, I think I can remember this. I remembered or remember reading the first Soviet astronaut called a cosmonaut for them. The first cosmonaut, he went into space. He came down as an atheistic nation at that time uh, under dictatorship. They wanted, you know, they wanted their uh, president to be God there, whatever they called him, supreme leader, Soviet leader, whatever. But the problem was he proved he wasn't God because he conked out and died and never got up. No man is God, only God is God, and God became a man, but he got up to show that he was also God, right? If you followed that, then say amen. Amen. God is found in that expanse, and that cosmonaut came back, and the very first question he was asked was, did you see God? Because you got all the way up above the atmosphere, you had to see God, and he went, no, didn't see. You know, and all the Soviet atheists said, oh, yeah, oh, so there's no God, we went to space, didn't see. The first American to, to orbit the earth, the third question, that when he was allowed to answer questions, the third question he was asked was, did you see God? He said, I didn't see him with my eyes, but if I'd have wanted to see him, all I'd have had to do is take off this space suit. You see, there's a difference in understanding who God is. 
God's not into parlor tricks. He has revealed himself in his son. He's told us about his son in his written word, telling us about that living word. And if you want to see him, just cease to breathe. And you will see him in just a few minutes. Because every man will stand before that God. And that God deserves our worship and our praise. And Jesus himself said to Thomas, you believe because you saw me? Blessed are people who don't see me, and yet they believe. You can be more blessed than those disciples if you simply reach out in faith and have Jesus to come and be your Lord and therefore be your Savior. You see, praise is not limited to earth. He goes everywhere. And notice this. It says, praise him for his mighty deeds. Not only does praise happen everywhere, praise can happen for everything. The very first line in verse 2, praise him for his mighty deeds. What mighty deeds? I've already covered one. He saved me. And if he can save me, he can save you. Now, I said I was eight years old when I came to understand faith in Christ. I said, well, what bad things could you have done by eight? I had done them. In fact, the Bible says that when I was conceived, I was a sinner. People think you become a sinner because you sin. No, you sin because you are a sinner. Okay? It's the outflow of who you are is what you do. And sometimes that outflow, we look at it and go, ooh, that was nasty. Thank God for a God who takes away our sin and blots it out, which we were reading last week, and so that he doesn't even remember it. And so he saves us. He lets us know, I've saved you. I have forgiven you of your sin. I will not take my revenge against the sin that you committed against me. I won't take my revenge on you. See, unforgiveness is taking revenge that is rightfully yours. That's the definition of unforgiveness. The definition of forgiveness is not taking the revenge that is rightfully yours. God has a right to destroy all mankind who ever lived because he is a holy God who is so holy he cannot look on sin and all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. There's not one who seeks after God, not even one, and he would be justified and still be God and still be right if he wiped out every man and every woman and every child who ever lived and cast them into hell. But we don't serve a God like that. We serve a merciful God who saves us. Praise him for his mighty deeds. That he would reach down and take a sinner. And not only does he save me, he makes me look more like Jesus. When I do blow it now, I go, wow, that was against God. And, and Psalm, 150, uh, Psalm 51 says that, that against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this horrible sin. And in and Psalm uh, 32, it, he says that my sin was ever before me. And when it was there, I wasted away. But when I repented, man, life came back to my bone. And you see, God is turning me more into the image of Christ. And so now sin brings conviction in my life. And when I feel conviction, I go to God. I confess that sin. I understand his forgiveness. And he refills me and refreshes me. And he makes me look a little bit more like Jesus as I move forward. And whether it's a victory or defeat, I can move forward in that. And one of the third things that God is doing that we can thank him for is he gave us this. Man, I, when I'm reading the Old Testament, even when I'm reading the New Testament, I'm thinking, man, those guys didn't, didn't have this yet. Uh, there was a popular songwriter-singer in the, in the late 70s and, and early 80s. And his name was uh, Keith Green. Some of you may know of him or heard of him. But he had a song uh, called, So You Want to Go Back to Egypt. It was about the children of Israel in the desert. And it was written in a humorous way. And, and one of the lines, the people are complaining, and, and, and he wrote it this way. And Moses seems rather idle. He just sits around and writes the Bible. 
you know, he's not reading it, he's writing it, because Moses is the guy that wrote the first five books of, the, of, of God's word here. And, and, and God, though, you and I, we've got to complete, we call it the canon, C-A-N-O-N, not C-A-N-N-O-N, which is something shoots a projectile. But brother, this can be a canon, man, if you get a hold of it. But C-A-N-O-N, it means it is holy, it is given of God, and it's complete. The canon is full. We have a written record. You don't have to doubt what God says because he put it down in pa- on paper for you and I to read it and know him. And we ought to praise him for that. We ought to thank God when I sit around going, God, what's your will? Man, I'm reading in the Old Testament right now. I'm reading about these kings. And t- this morning I read this one. He really messed up. The Bible said he was, he was the best king that ever was before and after him. I said, I thought that was David. But the Bible says, no, Hezekiah. No king before him was greater than him, and no king after him was greater than him. Because he messed up, and when he messed up, he sent to the prophet, what do I do now? The prophet said, God said, do this. He did that, and God gave him victory. You see, God loves us, but think about those Old Testament guys, man, they had to go ask a prophet, hey, what's God saying? And then they had to depend that that guy really heard from God. But now, we don't have to go to a man to know what God says. You don't need me. Now, that's dangerous to say when it's your job to help you, and I hope you think you need me. But when you realize you don't need me, you'll start growing as a believer. Because if, if you're expecting me to help you grow, I, I'll give you an experiment. This week, don't eat anything after you leave today. Next week, when you come back, I'll serve you a meal. And then don't do that for the week after that. And when you come back the next Sunday, I'll serve you a meal. Anybody want to volunteer for that, to do that for the rest of your life? No, I didn't think so. Me either. Why? Because you really couldn't live week to week on one meal for the rest of your life. Now, some of us could stand to miss a few. I've got the COVID-15 on me, too. You know, it's, 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 we're going to get active and quit eating so much. But, brother, you can't live if you just eat a meal on Sunday morning, every Sunday. And if your growth is because you came and heard me speak, you're starving. Now, I, I can't teach you everything. I, want, I hope what you hear does feed you and is good for you. But I hope it's got more salt than substance in it so that you'll go home and look it up for yourself and start eating. You know, what, what I mean by that is they said you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. That's true, but you can put salt in his oats. Then he'll want to drink. <laughs> so I'm just trying to salt it a little bit. So you'll want to go and drink of this fountain of, of the revealed word of God, the revealed will of God in his word. And we can praise God that he saved us. He's making us like Jesus. And he's told us everything we need to know right there in his word. And I'll tell you this. Look what it says there in verse 2. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Since that word excellent was there, it made me know that they had to translate a word to make us realize that there's something special about this. So I looked it up. And here's, that greatness means magnitude. And in, 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 in these guys that know about these radio signals and all the stuff that we're doing in here right now, amplification, you have amplitude, it's a, a measurement of power, you know, and, and we have decibel meters, see how loud it is. God's got some magnitude <laughs> you don't want to hear. And, it, and, and, and the first word, excellent, is abundant. Now, what does abundant mean? Abundant means you can, you can take some of it and you won't notice it's gone right? 
when you've got an abundant supply. Now, if you've got a finite abundant supply, it's going to run out. But God is an infinite being, and what he possesses is infinite. That means he could save everybody in the world if he wanted to and not diminish him one little bit. He could meet every need of everybody in the world, and he would not be diminished at all. Praise him for his abundant magnitude. His excellent greatness, that he is God of gods, Lord of lords, King of kings. There is no other but him. And he's abundant in all he owns, all he possesses, and all he wants to give to us. And so we ought to praise him for that. We ought to praise him for all those things. And then, praise can happen at any time. He named some instruments here, and there's several ways you could look at this. I always just read it and thought, he meant get them all out, you know. If you can bang some spoons together, do it. And some people think there are certain instruments that don't belong in church. I, I think hopefully we're kind of over that. And uh, uh, if you're not over that, you need to go get a music education. But, but the first thing he says is with a trumpet sound. Now, wait a minute. What does a trumpet sound do? Well, it can call people to battle, right? So I, I think that's par- probably part of the meaning. But the Jews, Jewish people, when they worship, they started with a blow from a ram's horn, which would be what this trumpet is. In other words, praise him when you hear the call to worship. Praise him when you hear that noise. And what is it for the Christian that calls us to worship? When we study God at work. And if you will get into his word and pray every day and get to know him through his word every day and trust him every day and get around God's people when you can and, and, and have fellowship so that you help each other grow in Christ, you'll hear a bird sing and you'll get worshipful. You'll, you'll, you'll see a blessing and you'll get worshipful. A tragedy will happen in your life, and you'll get worshipful because you know God is moving. God is at work. Why does God allow tragedy? So you can show how great he is. Whether he's going to fulfill that need in you or he's going to do a miracle, he is going to get glory through even our tragedies. Only God can do that, right? Only God can, can work out a tragedy so that it works in our behalf. And so... When you hear that clear-noted trumpet it's calling you out to God to worship, do it. And then there's something a little simpler and quieter, the lute and the harp. That's very melodic. It's very quieter. It's much quieter. So you hear this, bum, ba, da, da, and then you let the quietness call you to praise and to worship. And after that, it calls, for more than that, it calls exuberant worship with the tambourine and the dance. Man, you know, there, there's, some, there's some things in here that aren't in our church <laughs> sometimes. And people say, oh, I don't think you ought to have that in there. Really? The Bible says all these instruments, every one you can think of, with the tambourine and dance. Wait, we're Baptists, sorry. Cut that one out your Bible if you're a Baptist. No, man, these people could, they were so excited about God, they'd be jumping around, they'd be dancing. It's, it's not this, you know, sensual dance or something like that it's just an exuberant you just can't stand it uh, we had our grandkids this week for for 24 hours that was great they're five and four nothing but energy gotta hit them with a rubber mallet make them go to sleep you know i don't do that that was a joke sorry i shouldn't have said that god forgive me i'm sorry just so happy and man when they're excited they're jumping up and down why are you jumping up now i'm just excited <laughs> They'll get on the couch, man. They're excited. They can't get them to sit still, still at the meal. They're so excited. 
Are you so excited about God? Do you want to make noise for God? You say, well, I don't own a tambourine. You got a set of keys, don't you? You can jingle those. It's close. Just exuberant. And this reminds us of the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. They went through on dry ground. Then they saw the sea cover up the entire, the greatest army in the world. And they were all in the middle of that path. And then God goes, oh, watch this. And he defeated the whole Egyptian army with a little bit of water. And so Moses' sister, Miriam, broke out her tambourine, and they went to singing and dancing. That's what this reminds us of right here. Praise him with, then he says, with strings and pipe. This is part of my favorite. Again, strings. Anything has got strings on it. And then pipe, because what is a pipe? Well, it's anything you've got to blow through, but this is a multi-piped instrument. So you can, th- you know, I was reading what they were thinking, pan flute, you know, it's got several ones you blow in, a mouth organ, a harmonica, it's got different chambers in it, but I just think it's a bagpipe. <laughs> you got three, praise God, all creation groans, the Bible says, waiting the redemption, waiting when Jesus comes back and everything is made brand new. Creation is worshiping and praising God, and he ends with, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise Him. Praise Him, praise Him. Listen, a couple of things maybe you can work on this week. First of all, worship's not for just inside this building. Those of you sitting here, I'm glad you're here. Come back. Please come back. We're glad you're here. But when we leave here, we can worship God anywhere we go. Secondly, use everything you got. I can't play an instrument, but I can play a radio. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I can make noise, and I, I can move around. It's not, it looks awkward, but I can do that. I can praise God by noticing Him and all of, that He's made and He allows. So use everything that you've got in you, your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, to worship God. And then worship Him in every circumstance. God is not a fair-weather God. We ought not be fair-weather believers. Job said, if He slays me, I'll still trust Him. The three boys in the fiery furnace said, our God could deliver us, but just in case you've got a question about this king, if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow to your idol. We bow to God and God alone. Praise to Yah. Hallelujah. God alone is worthy of worship. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, in Jesus' name right now, Lord, we need you more than, more than ever. There will never be a time in our life where we wouldn't be able to say that, that we need you now more than ever. And we do worship you. We say thank you. We say praise the Lord to you right now. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you would move in our hearts to understand who you are and what you're about. And because of this illness that we're in, I'm speaking to the people here right now. In this, in this time, we have to be careful about distance between each other. But there might be somebody here who's never bowed the knee before Jesus Christ and said to him, I believe that you are the Lord, the God, the creator of the universe, and you died on the cross for my sin. And I want to be forgiven of my sin. I want to have that relationship with you. I want to be saved. I want to know you, and I want to become like you. And I want to learn more about you. And if you're here, I I don't usually do an invitation this way, but circumstances dictate a must. If you would like that to happen, you need to tell him right now. You don't have to come down here to pray. You don't have to be with me to pray. You can just pray. Just tell God what you want. In the Bible, a man just said, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God, Jesus said, God heard that prayer. 
And that might be your prayer. So I'm going to pray for you, and then I'll pray a prayer with you. If you want to pray to God, you can copy what I'm saying. You can say what you need to say. Dear God, I just pray that if anybody here listening online needs to hear and receive you, Father, that you would move in their heart right now to receive you. And you just might say something like this. Dear God, I get it. I'm a sinner. My whole life, I've been a sinner, and I need a Savior because I'm drowning in my sin. And Jesus, I'm coming to you, and I'm bowing before you to be the Lord, the boss, the dictator of my life because you are the creator of all things. You possess all things. You own all things. You run all things. So I give you my life. I ask you to save me. And I want to follow you the rest of my life. I want, to, I want to know what you are about. I want to know, understand your word. I want to be with God's people. I want everybody to know that I follow you. Lord, save me now. Redeem me in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. So Father, help us in this time. If you're here and you prayed that prayer, you want to talk to somebody again. Because of conditions, we won't be able to do that. But there will be people as you leave. If you need to talk to somebody, just somebody wearing one of these badges, just stop and say, I, I want to talk to somebody about what the preacher was saying in there. And we'll be glad to, to talk with you. We'll keep our social distance. We won't get you sick. But uh, please let us know that. If you're online, you can contact us, send an email or something through our website, uh, cbcstanton.org, and uh, you, you can do that. So I'm glad you're here. I pray that you go with God, but I know this. No matter where we are, no matter what happens, here there or in the air. I'm going to see you later. God bless you.